I'm Hillary. I'm Emily. And we're the Sirens. Today we are talking about On the Town. In this movie, three sailors, Gabe, played by Gene Kelly, Chip, played by Frank Sinatra, and Ozzy, played by Jules Munchen, receive a 24-hour leave in New York and let loose. Gabe falls head over heels for Miss Turnstile of the Month, played by Vera Ellen. He thinks she's a high society debutante, but she's really a cooch dancer at Coney Island. By the way, looked up cooch dancer. It's not what you think. And it really just means like belly dancer. <laughs> um, We're going to talk about this later. <laughs> yes. Um, innocent Chip gets hijacked from sightseeing by an assertive woman cab driver played by Betty Garrett. <laughs> And Ozzy becomes the object of interest of a gorgeous anthropologist played by Ann Miller, who thinks he's the perfect example of a prehistoric man. Romance, music, and shenanigans all over New York ensue. Yes. So this, this movie was wild in that it was just like so teeming with talent. Mm -hmm. Like I, I almost... It's not like it, it's the best movie ever. I'm sort of giving away my take on it. But there's so many talented people and the fact that they all came together on this project yeah. makes it amazing. Yeah. Um, and I just, that that's like my sort of pre-take on it. <laughs> <laughs> your pre-take on it. <laughs> the trailer of your take. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, what did, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of have a similar thought about it, which was that, like, I, there are parts of the movie that I was like, wait, what is happening? This doesn't make any sense, or, like, how is all of this happening in 24 hours? Um, <laughs> but, but on the other hand, it was really fun to see all these people in one movie, just, like, dancing and carrying on and like there were a lot of like funny jokes and um like women who were working and mm -hmm. um I just thought that was I mean there, uh, there were some cringeworthy things that I, I know that mm -hmm. we'll get to but um on the other hand you know it was I think a good showcase for all the talent and a good showcase of New York City yeah I mean, that that kind of brings us into the trivia a bit mm -hmm. um, because so I I have a couple pieces, but um, Gene Kelly insisted that the film include on location scenes, oh. um, although I had heard there were conflicting stories <laughs> who insisted on it, but the dominant one was Gene Kelly. <laughs> and that's why they actually featured Columbus Circle and the American Museum of Natural History and the Brooklyn Bridge and Rockefeller Center. Uh, and it was the first time a major studio had done a musical filmed on location in this way. So it was considered a major accomplishment. Oh. And uh, On the Town is an adaptation of a Broadway musical of the same name that was produced in 1944, which really makes more sense because that was like during the war. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But many changes in the script and score were made from the stage version, and most of Leonard Bernstein's score was dropped um, oh. in favor of new songs by Roger Edens, who disliked Bernstein's music for being too complex. Mm -hmm. 
and operatic for film audience, to which I say, excuse me, sir. (laughs) (laughs) You do not know of what you speak. (laughs) But anyway, it really pissed off Bernstein and he boycotted the film. Alice Pierce, who played Lucy Schmieler, was the only original member of the Broadway cast to reprise her role. And you might also recognize her as a regular from Bewitched. I wondered about that. She did look very familiar. She was pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the movie was censored and they were not allowed to say that New York was a hell of a town. And they had to change it to wonderful, which I think is pretty funny because even just singing that song around the house after watching the movie, I forgot that they said wonderful and just changed it to hell of a because <laughs> it it just sounds like it should be that but mm-hmm. that's funny um so this one really surprised me there was a real life sort of miss turnstiles contest in new york city that was really? a real thing it was called miss subways and it was a beauty contest run by the New York Subway's advertising company from 1941 to 1976. And the, um, the cars featured posters of pretty young women who lived and worked in New York. Because that was that whole thing. I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> like, what does this even mean? Is it supposed to like encourage you to take the subway? Because everyone just takes the subway because they have to because it's New York. Right. Um, well, and it, like, I don't know. Well, we'll talk more about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have some questions, too. Um, Jules Munchen was terrified of heights. And when he was performing on the tiny rooftop during the New, New York, New York number, uh, he wore a rope around his waist under his sailor suit. And the other end of the rope was secured to Stanley Tonin, the other director. Um, and if you pay attention you could see that during the scene he's like always touching something like as if he's like afraid (laughs) like he's either touching a wall or like a prop he could hold on to or another actor which honestly like same I would not be wanting to dance on like a small in fact just looking at that whole empire state building set up I was like, why is this not enclosed? Like, what is going on here? This seems extremely dangerous. Yeah, anything could fall off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when things, didn't they, something fell off at one point, right? Was it his binocular, well, Chip's binoculars? Oh, his guidebook falls he, off. And I was like, well, that could no, probably he, kill someone. He threw his guidebook to, like, prove that he was interested in, in Hildy. I just so, thought yeah, that was yeah. very unsafe. In fact, yeah. oh yeah, he probably did <laughs> kill someone. Uh, when it hit the uh, my last piece of trivia: the tagline for the film was "Twice as gay as Anchors Away." <laughs> <laughs> the nineteen forty-five musical that Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra made, which we considered doing, and I'm glad we didn't now, <laughs> um, was criticized for being dull. So ab- advertisers didn't want people to think the same of this film so they, which is also like um gene kelly and frank sinatra playing sailors in a musical <laughs> so they were like no don't don't compare it to that where this is way more fun oh my god yeah twice as gay as anchors away yeah <laughs> um so so that's what i have did who did you bio for this film 
Um, I bioed Betty Garrett, who plays the assertive cab driver. Oh, I loved really her so much. Brunhilda. Um, I know. I loved her too. She, fun fact, um, she appeared in Neptune's Daughter, previous um, podcast oh. episode film, and, um, and several other things that I know will be familiar to you. She was born in St. Joseph, Missouri on May 23rd, 1919, and shortly after her birth, her parents relocated to Seattle, Washington, where her mother managed the sheet music department at Sherman Clay, and her father worked as a traveling salesman, but he was an alcoholic, so her parents divorced. Her mother remarried and family moved to Saskatchewan, but then that didn't last very long at all. And so Betty and her mother returned to Seattle. It's kind of a like back and forth. There was a lot of moving around in her first uh, 18 years. She enrolled in like a girl, special girls school in Tacoma at, in middle school. And there was no drama department there. So she organized like her own musical productions and plays for special occasions and then she she was encouraged after her senior year performance in Twelfth Night to pursue a career on the stage. And her mother's friend arranged an interview with Martha Graham, who happened to be in Seattle. And wow. Martha Graham recommended her for a scholarship at the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York City. So she and her mother moved to Manhattan in the summer of 1936. And she started classes that September. And then in the summer, she performed a lot um, in regional theater and got to work with people like Danny Kaye and Jerome Robbins and Carol Channing and a bunch of other people. She joined Orson Welles's Mercury Theater in, as a, an understudy in what was its last, it turned out to be its last stage presentation. She continued um, by performing with Martha Graham's Dance Company and she sang in a bunch of things, just basically like worked every place that she could in New York in her like early early part of her career and then she also joined the communist party and began performing at fundraisers for progressive causes which like fun fact volunteering gives you skills she she made her official Broadway debut uh, in 1942 uh, in the review of V We Sing Um, producer Mike Todd signed her to understudy Ethel Merman and play a small role in the 1943 Cole Porter musical, Something for the Boys. Merman became ill during that run. So she got to play the lead for a week and a producer saw her in a bunch of things, including that piece or that play. And then that sort of helped um, get her a contract, a one-year contract with MGM. She arrived in Hollywood in January 1947 and made her film debut in Big City, George Murphy and Robert Preston. And she, her contract was renewed and she was in a bunch of movies, including On the Town and Neptune's Daughter in quick succession. Over the next couple of decades, she worked sporadically on stage, TV, and big screen um, in a lot of different roles, um, including in the fall of 1973, um, the TV show All in the Family added two new people to the neighborhood, um, Frank Lorenzo and his, his wife, Irene, who was initially cast by with one actor that fell through and was recast with Betty Garrett. And she remained on the series through 1975 and won a Golden Globe for her performance. Oh, wow. And then she was working in a, doing a one-woman show when she was offered the role of landlady Edna Babish in Laverne and Shirley. What? And I know I have to go back and rewatch Laverne and Shirley now. 
so she she was on this the show most of the time that that show was on but she felt like she was never given a lot enough to do in the the show but she did appreciate that she occasionally got to like use her musical talents um wow I'm like I gotta rewatch this she in her later years she appeared not only in um she or in and obviously the, the shows that I mentioned, but also Murder, She Wrote, The Golden Girls, Hearts of the West, Grey's Anatomy, apparently. Oh. Um, and then like in a bunch of shows on the stage, including the 2001 Broadway revival of Follies. And she received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2003. Sort of in her personal life, she was, she did fundraisers for the Communist Party and uh, was affiliated with the Communist Party, but she identified as a Democrat, supported Adelaide Stevenson's campaign in 1952. Um, and because of her affiliations with the Communist Party, she and her husband, Larry Parks, were both blacklisted, although her husband was the only one of the two of them who had to testify in the hearings. Um, she was married to Larry Parks from 1944 until his death in 1975, and she passed away um, from an aortic aneurysm on February 12th, 2011 at the age of 91. Wow. Yeah. wow. What a life. I, I, this is crazy, but I, like, I knew she looked familiar to me in the movie. Yeah. And I loved her in the movie, but like, I didn't put it together that I knew her from all these different places. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't either. I, when I looked her up, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> also, she worked with, I mean, like, she knew Martha Graham, like, and Orson Welles, and she understudied for Apple Mermit. Like, what? <laughs> I thought she was great. I think often people are correct in that like comedy is harder to do than drama. Mm -hmm. I think especially considering how many stars were in this that really she lit up the screen and she just really stole a lot of the scenes despite being with all of these other huge stars. Yeah I like I had to stop the movie at one point because I was like I gotta look her up and see who this is (laughs) because I don't know. She looks so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was great. I have to say, I really enjoyed that this film allowed the women to hold a lot of the comedic energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that felt very different from a lot of other movies we've watched. Yeah, it did. They seem to hold equal weight as characters. Like none of the characters were very well developed, probably because there's six of them, I guess. But they each seem to have the same amount of like development and the same amount of like screen time and like good lines and things like that. Well, so I kind of said a little bit already about what I thought of it. What did you think in general? And was this your first time watching it? was my first time watching it I liked it more than I thought I was going to although I think I I am standing by my like generally I think unpopular opinion that I just don't like dancing in movies when there's no singing (laughs) you don't like dancing by itself only if it's combined with singing right yeah, like the like the sheer volume of like dance numbers I was like like the, <laughs> the number especially towards the end where he like drops Lucy off at like her house oh yeah and then I knew you were like, gonna hate that part <laughs> I was like why why do we need a dance sequence that's like 10 minutes long to like that is basically like a review of the plot of this movie when this movie is only 90 minutes long like I haven't forgotten what happened 80 yeah. minutes ago <laughs> and it's like not that complicated of a plot it's not- <laughs> you didn't need a review 
<laughs> no, I like, I just, <laughs> I love that you knew I was going to hate that. I mean, it's not so oh, yeah. I hated it, but it was like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I mean, I think it was, it's kind of, I mean, it's just, there were a couple parts of this movie that I was like, oh, this is just like a Gene Kelly signature move mm-hmm. right here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when they, when you enter Gabe's mind and there's like this moody dream ballet going on and mm-hmm. then the part two where he's imagining Miss Turnstiles and you see Vera Allen doing all these different things. I mean, that was like pretty much exactly the same as an American in Paris yeah. with Leslie Karen. Which at least in this movie, there was like, it didn't just end there and with the, like the dream sequence, like it there was a resolution. <laughs> Something came after that. <laughs> yeah. um, but you're right. I did read that it was considered very unusual that they just cast dancers to play the other role. Like the only people who carried over into the dream ballet were Gene Kelly and Vera Ellen. Yeah. And they just had sort of lookalike types playing the other roles. Which I think they did in, um, in Oklahoma as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember, we kept like squinting and being like, is that the same person? Yeah. But it, I do think it was a real treat to see Gene Kelly and Vera Ellen dance together because mm-hmm. they seemed very well matched. Yes, I agree. Like I've seen him dance with a lot of different partners and I think I liked him dancing with her the best, mm-hmm. which might be a hot take, but I, I don't know. I thought it was great. <laughs> I meant to look up the age difference between them before we started. Oh, she looked so young in this movie. I think she's she's 20, she's like surprisingly old. She's 28 in this movie. And she was born in 1921. And he's born in 1912. So he's only nine years older. Okay. It could have just been the styling too that made her look young. I don't know. But did you think it seemed kind of hard to believe that they were all supposed to be young sailors? Yes. None of them looked like young sailors. <laughs> No, I mean, based on Gene, Ke- what I just looked up, Gene Kelly was 37, which like now that I am basically 37, I'm like, oh, yes, young. That's sure. You're yes. Not old. But like, <laughs> but it's not like, oh, I'm going to go enlist in the Navy. young. <laughs> well, it's also like not like I'm going to stay up all night long in New York City young. Oh, can we talk about that? Because I'm just tired talking about it. Yeah, (laughs) I couldn't. The fact that they literally, like, part, they stayed up the entire night. And also the logistics of them getting around New York. And yeah, this 24-hour period and them going to all these different places. And then, like, all these different clubs. Like, they would have had to. And the women were all in, like, high heels. Yeah. And probably girdles. And, like, I can't. How did this work? I mean, they needed to have their own personal cab driver just to like. (laughs) (laughs) I did like how it had all of the on location stuff, though. I mean, it really did make New York look glamorous. Mm -hmm. Like you would want to live there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it was neat that it was like, like all the guys were like clearly not from New York. They were from, I think Frank Sinatra's character said he was from Peoria so he was in like middle of from the middle of nowhere Illinois Jane Kelly and Vera Allen's characters are like coincidentally both from the same town in Indiana so like they were just like like country bumpkins in this big city and like Frank Sinatra had his grandfather's 
guidebook from 1902 <laughs> which I love that scene where they're driving around and he's like I want to go whatever that song is I forget where he's like I want to go here and she's like that hasn't existed in 30 years with the, oh, yeah, the, the hippodrome or whatever. yeah the hippodrome <laughs> when he first said that I was like I've never heard of the hippodrome but then I was like oh, okay I'm not a like total idiot <laughs> hasn't existed in 90 years <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny. I actually appreciated like Frank Sinatra was kind of goofy in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think I just have such a an impression of him as like part of the Rat Pack and like, yeah. you know, all these fancy clubs and like fedoras. And I just like picture him as this like serious, cool guy. And then in this movie, he was just like ridiculous. Yeah, he was ridiculous and he was like making faces and I enjoyed that about him. Oh, I also read now this might be apocryphal, but that he was so thin that he had to wear like prosthetics to fill out his sailor suit. Really? Yeah, because he apparently like didn't have a butt or like didn't have much of a butt. And like, I guess if you're standing next to Gene Kelly in a sailor suit, like (laughs) it's noticeable because because he's got an enormous muscular butt. Yeah, so yeah, I saw a line that like Ann Miller said that he was sensitive about it and he didn't appreciate if you like joked about it. (laughs) But anyway, I mean, he was Frank Sinatra was my mom's favorite singer, so like we listened to him a lot when I was growing up, and this was just a whole new side of him. Yeah, really. I mean, I think, I mean, they were all, all the men were a little bit like silly, but not in a like ridiculous way, but kind of, I mean, because Ali's kind of ridiculous too. Or Ozzy. Yeah, Ozzy. I don't know what any of their names are. Yeah, I had to draw a chart because <laughs> there were six six main characters in this movie. Yeah, Ozzy was the most ridiculous, I think, of all of them. What did you think of the prehistoric man, like glamorous anthropologist? I mean, that was uh, the first time that I was like that song in the Natural History Museum. I was like, oh, right. There's just a bunch of like racism in this movie. <laughs> That song was very problematic and racist, but like also Ann Miller was just like on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like she was just like amazing. But I was like, oh God, like anytime they're in a natural history museum and then all the different clubs they went to yes. too. Yeah. Great. I'm glad you're going to all these clubs, but yeah. But it, it was just weird that she was like, well, my dad thought I was going out and like getting too familiar with guys. So he told me to get a hobby. So I became an anthropologist. But then I just got more interested in men. And I was like, what? And she, basically, was she saying like she wanted a caveman? Uh, yeah, she was just like more interested in and she didn't say her dad. She said her guardian. I was like, what is that? Like, I immediately was like, oh, the like creepy old man who's like taking care of her. Told her, like, I just like invented some like terrible backstory. Yeah. I mean, I thought to me of the couples, that was like the most of a stretch because I was like, I'm sorry, Ozzy, but like, Ann Miller would not be with you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this isn't happening. Although she's basically describing herself as like a nymphomaniac. So it's like not him. It's just that he is a man. So. Um, did you notice how, at least in two out of the three couples, that the woman was the aggressor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the woman, like, physically makes the first move? Yes, I love that. Yeah, that felt so different from other films we've watched. Even if, the, like, in other movies, even if the woman was flirty, mm-hmm. it was, she would not just, like, grab the man and kiss him. 
Yeah. And be like, come to my place. Come to my place. Come to my place. Do we think that they all, like, basically everyone except Gabe and Ivy had sex? I I hope so. But... But on the other hand, they've all, like, just met each other. So it's not like they've... Yeah, but 24 hours leaving, you're going back on a boat with, with all men. I mean, counter counter question. Like, are we supposed to believe that they don't ever see each other again? And, like, everybody's okay with this being just, like, a 24-hour fling? Or, like, is the idea that they're, like, you know, couples? It was open-ended. I mean, I sort of... My conjecture would be that Ivy and Gabe end up together and probably move back to their small town or something mm-hmm. um, but I don't think the other two couples would go any further yeah which I, I don't know maybe I'm like too prudish but I'm like or like sheltered or something or like being too reasonable about a thing that is clearly just for fun but like I'm gonna go to New York and I'm gonna see the sights and by see the sights I mean I'm gonna like hook up with a woman <laughs> in the 24 hours I'm in here <laughs> Like, you're only here for 24 hours. Like, instead of getting an STD, why don't you, like, <laughs> see, see how far you, how many blocks you can be on or how many of the boroughs you can be in. And this I is know. why no one would ever make a musical of my life. Well, you're basically Chip because Chip was like... <laughs> yes, I, I mean... I'd, yes, I, I would, and I would be, like, aggressed by a, by an assertive woman cab driver. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'd be I, kind into of, that. I agreed with him too that it was like, you, especially in that time, it's like you're in New York for one day. I would want to see stuff too, yeah. like instead of just spend time with you know someone who I probably had no connection, no like long term connection with. I'm also a nerd, so I'd be like, um, like can we go to the Met or can we like, you know, we <laughs> New York Public Library? Like, can we do? Something? check out central park yes so Again, like there would not be a musical made of our exploration of new no. park. well that was the also funny thing about um chip and hildy is that i couldn't like it really kind of seemed like he wasn't into her mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's just like okay let's make out and i was like well are you into her did did she just wear you down or or you just realized like, oh, I guess I'm only, I really am only here with a woman for 24 hours. So I should get with it. Yeah. It was funny that he got cast as the. The nerdy one. Yeah. And like the sort of innocent one, because I was like, Frank Sinatra has probably been with more women than <laughs> like everyone in this movie combined. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I did kind of like his character. They actually, the person I liked the least was Gabe. Yeah. It really, he, he had the least going on. Cause it was like from the beginning, he was like, I need to find Miss Turnstiles. I'm like, why though? And why don't you, I was like, I didn't understand why he didn't get like even coming from like the middle of nowhere. Why do you think Miss Turnstiles is like a famous celebrity? Miss Turnstiles for June. Yeah. And he didn't, it seemed like he didn't really care. Like it, later on, he was like, oh, I like you regardless but when his buddies were around and all he was just bragging about like i'm with the best woman in all of new york she's a high society lady and like all the stuff so it made it seem like he was really with her for very superficial reasons Mm -hmm. and like at all the restaurants he's like look i'm with miss turnstile so you better let us in and give us free stuff yeah i mean it was hard to know I, i i to me i just interpreted that as like he didn't he thought that everybody would be like like understand that like that she's 
fancy and famous and he just didn't actually realize that like nobody else cares yeah and even if like that was a thing this turns like it's new york no one is gonna care (laughs) they don't they don't care about anyone like you could like ethan hawk just like walks around there like it's not like a a place that's easy for to impress people so yeah gotta work harder than that (laughs) Um, I I really enjoyed like the physical comedy in the movie. Surprising mm-hmm. no one. Surprising <laughs> I, no one. I just loved how goofy it was and how they were all mugging and like doing silly things all the time. And like it it was enjoyable because like they were all so talented, but they also didn't seem self-important. Like they yeah. were just like, oh, I will just do this like ridiculous gag and yeah I don't care and I also thought like despite the fact that they cut a lot of the Leonard Bernstein songs the music was good yeah I liked the music more than I thought I was going to again (laughs) (laughs) which isn't saying that you liked it (laughs) that's true it isn't but I have like no like heard myself like humming like the New York New York song and the like you know we were talking earlier about the the you're awful song but like funny yeah that one was great I love that was probably my favorite one but yeah the New York New York one is a real earworm mm-hmm. I've been singing it and it's kind of ridiculous because it's just like the Bronx is up and the battery's down it's like okay so you're just singing about like directions Neighborhoods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I read when I was researching the trivia the guy who does like the opening song about like I'm not out of bed yet oh yeah mm-hmm. which I very much identified with that I was like hmm that when I had to commute for work I yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I totally felt that too well apparently he was completely uncredited in the movie and I was like I feel like this is a significant part of this it's the bookend of the movie yeah it opens and closes with him and also he was great <laughs> yeah um what did you think about the like Coney Island stuff I mean, I would say that, like, I personally don't really understand what happens at Coney Island. I feel like I've, (laughs) like, I feel like I've seen lots of references to Coney Island and, like, a lot of cultural things. But, like, is it a carnival? Is, what is Coney Island? Is it, uh, is it an island with a carnival on it? Is it, like, uh, like a boardwalk? Is it, like, just a part of some, which part of which borough? Is it, like, I don't really understand, like, what it is, but, like, <laughs> the, the, is which, it an island? Is it a cone? Is yeah, I wish, like, I also understand that I could just Google it and, like, have the answers to my questions at my fingertips but I like it when she was going on about being a cooch dancer at Coney Island I was like this is not going to be this is not gonna end well and like sure enough I'm like I don't understand why there are belly dan- white women at like dressed as belly dancers at Coney Island <laughs> that also have like wigs laying around so that these three men can just come <laughs> And put on wigs and veils and like also dance on a stage that didn't have anybody on them on it. And uh, I feel like it's pretty clear. Like, you know, you go to Coney Island to see cooch dancers and sometimes they have different color hair. It's there's no, no, nothing strange about that. I mean, I also like had the idea that like Coney Island was like, um, I just Googled that Coney Island is a peninsula neighborhood and an entertainment area in the southwestern section of Brooklyn. Well, it also just became a setting in Only Murders in the Building. 
Uh, so I feel like I, I know. I I mean that's not really a spoiler. So, but that's yeah. Um. Well, also, I if anyone's read the um Patty Smith Just Friends yeah. memoir. Yeah. She talks a lot about Coney Island being like a big inspiration spot for her and Robert Maplethorpe. I mean, but it was, was like run down then and sort of, I guess it always, to me, I always think of it as like a creepy place. Yeah. I mean, that's like my feeling about it too. And and my other feeling about it is that it's so remote, which I think like the way that this movie is like, it's like, oh, and we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. Like it doesn't, like the geography and the time don't always met, match up in this movie. Like that did not help my like confusion about like what is the deal with Coney Island? Oh yeah, I was also thinking like how are they? Even if they were taking the cab most places, like it's still New York. It's not like that easy to get around quickly, even in a car. Yeah. So I don't. It seemed like they covered a lot of ground, yeah. and it didn't really make sense. But uh, like yeah, so when they she said she was a cooch dancer, I just assumed that meant stripper. Yeah. But apparently it just meant belly dance or it was like a I, I looked it up, but the, it's not exactly belly dancing, but it's like some sort of offshoot that like white women were doing at that time. Great. Yeah, great. It's like, uh, you know, no cultural appropriation here, but I guess was considered kind of racy because of the, the clothing and stuff. But I was surprised that Gabe found out that she wasn't fancy and he was just like, okay, sounds great. Like, I'm fine with it. Cause that seemed to be all I cared about. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at my notes, Hill. And I, I literally wrote dream ballet dash abort, abort. <laughs> Cause I was thinking of you. <laughs> um, dream ballet. It kind of actually, like, I've always kind of wanted to go to Coney Island, but when I go to New York, it's like sort of, it's out of the way. So I just like never end up going there. I'm usually there to do something that's not anywhere near Coney Island. So, and you don't want to get into a speeding cab and like go speeding across the bridge. No. And I definitely want to go there in the daylight and with other people. Yeah. (laughs) Those are my um, specifications. So maybe we could do a sirens field trip sometime. Yeah during the day with other people I mean like I feel that way about like basically all of New York that like can it be daylight and I mean there will be other people around because it's New York but such a big city Uh, yeah (laughs) and you can't like I feel like unless you live there and even if you live there you can't you just can't cover that ground or really Mm -hmm. know it like Mm -hmm. all the boroughs and everything like it's just it's big it's too big this is our hot take <laughs> in this episode, New York, New York is a big place. New York is too big. Eh? There's a lot of people there. Um, Hot take from the science. <laughs> what did you think about how the cops were just like, you know what? You're right. Let's take up a collection. What? Well, whatever we were. Ch- well, the idea that they would chase them all around for the dinosaur, and that somehow the like museum curator would be with them, like in the car, just trying to find the person who ruined his dinosaur. That was ridiculous. But then when they caught them, they were like, "Oh, you're a bunch of like nice ladies. We're just gonna let you off. Is this about love? All right. Let's just. Let's, these are just a couple of crazy kids." let's just let him go I mean it was some good like I don't know white women tears but like white women being like 
you know, we can't, they can't find you. Know, don't, don't, uh, don't inconvenience a bunch of white women and our boys who are in the Navy. <laughs> yes. And these white men. Yeah. Just let us go. We're all, we're all good. Good people. And, and, and the cops tolerate like a lot of lecturing. <laughs> I don't know. It's, <sighs> When I see stuff like this in movies, like, and part of me is like, oh, it's kind of nice that, like, they would use some discretion and, like, you know, maybe, like, let someone off for a nonviolent offense. But then I'm also like, yeah, but if the races were different of these characters, this would never happen. Yeah, it would never, ever happen. Even in a fantasy world that is, like, on screen. Yeah, very idealized and, like, played for a laugh. Yeah. I More New York commentary. I wrote that, like, you know how they're going all around the town with the New York New York part and they're just like pointing at everything and like mugging <laughs> I wrote like they would instantly be pickpocketed if they acted like this yes, <laughs> like, then absolutely. their sailor outfits just like pointing at you know various sightseeing spots like whoa yeah I hadn't thought about that but it is like it is amazing that they aren't like the victim of a crime <laughs> <laughs> um, and also the other scene I thought was very funny and true was when they were in the subway and they kept trying to ask people for directions and then a train would go by <laughs> and then they could because that that totally like that's happened to me many times I was <laughs> like excuse me sir like is this the train that goes to blah 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 and the guy's like rah, 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 rah. <laughs> yeah and you're like there, then the train went by can't hear anything yeah so that i mean some of that felt specific and true but the like that all every new yorker that they asked was like very readily willing to to help and like give directions i think that that rings true yeah like new yorkers generally in my experience at least um are you know willing to like you know provide help and assistance when it comes to like getting around their city yeah i think that's true i thought you were gonna say they would have been like shut up yeah townie or whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever would be the modern insult equivalent <laughs> of, of shut up you townie <laughs> <laughs> living my own life making my own decisions for a long while now it's impossible to go back to being treated like a child again well are you ready to talk about the Bechtel test because I feel confused oh my gosh hell like when I was watching this and like all the Gene Kelly stuff I was just like sometimes I think that it's just like that you specifically don't like Gene Kelly (laughs) <laughs> because he is such a dancer and he makes it such a focus of his movies yeah i mean i think i i think that's just a coincidence i actually i like Gene kelly i just don't like a lot of his movies i like him when he's not dancing in dream <laughs> sequences he's what dancing if it's like a normal dance. If it's a normal dance, I like it. But like the like the dream sequences that go on for hours and days and weeks, I don't like. Well, it's just like he, I just think that because he is like such a perfectionist and he was like, this is what the art is. Yeah. He's just like, well, of course, everyone who's watching this movie is also going to care about this like abstract sequence that is completely like separate from the plot. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I guess like I also probably would like appreciate the dance more if I wasn't like, what is, how does this relate to the plot? And why is this movie (laughs) like, you know, this movie is like 
20 minutes longer because of these like random additional dance scenes that are not necessary to the advancement of the plot. Because I was surprised like that Frank Sinatra, his dancing was good. And like, I, you know, he's not a dancer, but he was quoted saying something like, you know, I can't dance, but Gene, Gene Kelly makes me look like I can. Mm-hmm. Of the men, Gene Kelly is the only one who's actually a dancer. Like all of the women are dancers. <laughs> But yeah. they had to do all these big group dance sequences. And like, I thought everyone held up pretty well. So I don't know if that was Gene Kelly's direction or. Yeah, what. I mean, I noticed at some point the, um, you know, that they all, I think it was in the scene where they were the like, you can count on me song, which I thought was hilarious. I, when they were all dancing, I, I together, like close to each other, I was like, yeah, you can see that they all have different techniques and styles, but it's, you know, and so they're like not totally in the same place at the same time I guess you can see all the skill that each one of them brings to to dancing into this movie oh yeah that that was also a really great song and dance sequence that was another one of my favorites it was so funny that also gets in your head really yeah I mean, uh, even though, like, the whole, like, just to get back to the Bechdel test thing, the or question, you know, the whole thing with Lucy, Lucy, where there's, like, this underlying, not very, not very veiled joke about how, like, she's got a cold and she, like, isn't pretty. Yeah. You know, I was like, we could, we could not, we don't need to make jokes about her appearance. <laughs> no, and I also wondered, was she supposed to be written with, like, anti-Semitism? Like, was that implied? Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I did not like how she showed up and everyone was like, oh, God, this girl. Yeah. <laughs> but she seemed, like, I liked how she joined in with the You Can Count On Me song, and she seemed like a good sport. Yeah. I was sort of relieved at the end that, like, Gene Kelly actually was not a total jerk to her and did like walk her home and say like, you know, Hey, I like someone else, but you're going to find your person and you were really great. And I'm sorry. I was distracted. Like at least that part, I was like, he wasn't a total jerk. He could have just ditched her. Yeah. And instead he was nice to her. Yeah. But yeah, she was, she was pretty hilarious. Like I thought she sort of stole the scene and that you can count on me song when she Mm -hmm. like came in and did a solo. It was really great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I like that um but so yes as far as Bechdel goes I really wanted your opinion about it because the women do talk to each other but they really but not very much they do not talk to each other much they mostly talk to men and when they do talk to each other the only thing I could think of besides like relationship stuff is when they talk about sort of covering up yeah the Miss Turnstiles and even that is like about someone else's relationship yeah. so I don't know I, I don't know what to think. I mean, yeah, I was thinking about that conversation or those couple of conversations as well. I don't think it passes the back delta. Yeah, I was leaning towards not, which is a shame because there's three mm-hmm. like Pretty developed women. Developed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they could have talked about anthropology, cab driving, cooch yeah. dancing, any of the things. <laughs> any of the things. Yeah. Just like, oh, I had, I missed my subway train. <laughs> but no so yeah I guess it doesn't pass even though I mean like we said I felt like the women had a lot of agency in this movie in terms of like actually choosing their partners and Mm -hmm. like you know pursuing sexual satisfaction and 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 all of that kind of stuff which was unusual still doesn't pass the test (laughs) yeah which like maybe is like a 
shows some of the 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 downsides of relying just on that like measurement i guess yeah that's true we all want to help one another human beings are like that we want to live by each other's happiness not by each other's misery uh, well what do you think about social justice do you think there was any of that in this movie i mean we talked i think i think uh only by like omission i mean we talked a little bit about like the like very briefly about the like representations of like african-american asian immigrants and um like i guess i don't know what they're supposed to be in the native or in the um natural history museum some kind of like indigenous people yeah um yeah and like th- those portrayals as being like uh, cringeworthy, um, like that's not addressed by the characters, of course, um, at all. But it's definitely something that I, as a like modern viewer, was like, don't I don't like this. Not necessary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I definitely had a moment because you know I was watching. I watched a good deal of this movie with my four-year-old son, and he got very into like the singing and dancing numbers but there were like some of those moments I was like cringe like I yeah. and I was like all right Leo uh you go do something else in another room and yeah. we'll talk about this later <laughs> <laughs> um but and any and listeners please if you have good musical recommendations for a young child that are like you know not super offensive and the gender roles aren't terrible <laughs> like please DM we all want us. To know. Yeah. we do and actually we should put out that as a twitter question because like i keep trying to show him more musicals and i keep having to be like so you know how the man is treating the woman this way that's not okay yeah. <laughs> or you know so anyway i, I digress <laughs> but yes it was not i did not think it was social justice so it fails on both counts. <laughs> check, check. <laughs> I mean, well, that being said, like, do, are you ready to talk ratings? Um, sure. I would actually, so I wasn't expecting to like this musical as much as I did either. It's uh-huh. not like, I kind of liked them from like a slightly earlier era than this mm-hmm. better but I ended up really liking it. And I think it was just because they had such a stellar cast and mm-hmm. all of the musical numbers were just really well executed and the dancing was fantastic. And I did enjoy like that they showed so much of New York. I thought the cinematography was good. So I liked it. Like there were definitely some moments that I was like, ah, I would probably fast forward through this because it's like, Ugh. but then for all the big splashy numbers, like I really enjoyed them. Yeah. So um, I, I would give it four stars, which is <laughs> higher than I thought. I, would. <laughs> I was going to say, you say all this, I wonder if you're going to give it like a two and a half. No. <laughs> well, and it's, I just feel like you, you're not going to get that much star power. Like I, I struggle to think of another like musical cast that is that good. Yeah. Like consistently everybody. Mm-hmm. like equally sharing in the production yeah. i i think i i agree with everything you just said and probably would give it a four as well it's a pretty wow i am obviously not as uh critical <laughs> as, <laughs> as you are usually um or like hard 
uh, on the, the, the movies uh, star wise, but yeah, I mean, I would watch it again. I would definitely fast forward through all of the like cringy stuff and the dream sequence. Um, <laughs> I just, cause I like, I didn't think they added anything necessary, um, but I would watch it again and it made me want to go to New York and like walk around and uh like just I haven't been there since the beginning of the pandemic and um I miss it yeah same I haven't been up in a couple years and it did I definitely had that like I get some of that energy when I go there that I'm just like oh I'm so excited to be here and there's so much to see and yeah you know I have to like try to look like I don't care about anything and I'm totally, totally nonplussed but but inside, yeah. I feel it. New York City. <laughs> it's a big place. Yeah. It's a wonderful town, you might say. <laughs> um, so I'm really glad you liked it because I was a little worried that it was going to like be another big musical and you were going to be like, I hate these people. <laughs> but I knew you'd like Hildy, so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... In addition to being an assertive cab driver, I like her name. <laughs> yes, I do too. <laughs> well, so Hillary, what's our next movie? Our next movie is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yay! May it please the court, I submit that my entire line of defense is based on the proposition that persons of the female sex should be dealt with before the law as the equals of persons of the male sex. Follow The Screen Sirens on Twitter at The Screen Sirens. Leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud to help other people find us. And become a patron at patreon.com slash The Screen Sirens. Thanks for listening. After all, tomorrow is another day.